fun game. It's a cute little game. Admittedly, did not beat it, but definitely raced that fucking penguin, like, <laughs> so many times. So many freaking times. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 101 Yes, we're back. So last week was our big 100 episode. Like we got a lot of tweets about the last episode. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. So flock of nerds. Uh, <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, isn't that an awesome name? Finished episode 100 and loved it. I don't want to spoil it for anyone by talking about my favorite picks, but props to Sagey and Rob, to which I prompted further because I wanted to know. And he said, happiest moment was hearing Katamari Forever make the cut. Saddest moment was hearing how low Super Mario Bros. was. Thank you for saving it, Sagey. <laughs> and uh, P2 said... If you know who P2, the uh, Shelby of the Cartridge Club. <laughs> he said, I have so much to say, I can't recommend this episode enough. And he said he's going to cover it in uh, their CC Weekly, so... Can't wait. Uh, Ninten Hodge said something. He said, I enjoyed episode 100, some very interesting choices. So I, again, prodded further. He, I said, anything on the list enraged you so far? He said, Mario is pretty low, but need to see the others in the list before I decide. I prompted it further, and then he said, I will judge more after the rest are revealed. Our friends immediately started complaining that Dark Souls is too low. Sunary J <laughs> also complaining that Dark Souls is too low. And then Jordan was just aghast with the fact that uh, Persona 4 was only 97 on our list. She is so lucky that it even made the list. Well, and... well, people people should be kind of lucky Dark Souls made the list, too, yeah, because I'm the only one that tried to put that on there. So. If they want Dark Souls number one, they have the esteemed Edge Magazine's top 100 list. Yeah, there we Dark go. Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3 wasn't out then, and Bloodborne were all in the top five. <laughs> And we also had, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Deej, Degay, Degay13. He said, I have to check out Guitar Man. It sounds weird enough to really, en- really enjoy, like Katamari. Yes, you got to do it. It's great. And if you do, let me know because it's, I love that game. It's one of my favorites. All right. So that's all the tweets that I see without searching really hard. But it's nice to see that people have some opinions on our list, whether good or bad. Lists are fun. Yeah, lists are, lists are fun. There's actually a correction from last week as well. Um, when Seiji was thanking uh, some of the guests that we've had on the show, you know, the four people, there was one person <laughs> that was neglected. Who was that um, again? He was not in an actual podcast episode. He appeared in a video with Gregor. Exactly. So, yeah, we did. We um, forgot I don't Gregel. know if he listened in the first place. But we also do have uh, a man named Greg who assisted us in a video, and that was a great one. So yeah, also a, wanted a big thank early. you to him. Dragon Ball Z Saga's video. That game was yeah. not a good game. And I love me some Dragon Ball, but not that one. All right. So without further ado, let us get to the list. Number 60 is Conker's Bad Fur Day. Number 36 on my list and 77 on left's list. I yeah. I guess this is uh, N64. It was my first M-rated game ever. Ooh. You were like four <laughs> when you played that, right? Uh, no, I was like six or seven, five or oh six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, no, better. but it's like, <laughs> I had played it at a friend's house <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. So coming home, but then my dad, a lot of times you'd take us to uh, uh, Blockbuster or whatever. And I think you could rent games from Blockbuster. So I was like, oh shit, like Conquer's Bed for a Day's right there. I'm totally going to get it. And this is like, my parents never really looked at what we played. <laughs> It kind of just ignored the rating. Is this what always. happened to you? Like, were you like a like a regular person, and then you play? Like, are they right about video games? Is this what's wrong with you? Because you're like such a broken person. No, no. 
You're a horrible person. I'm joking. I'm sure <laughs> video games don't do any harm at all. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot about this game. I think probably one of the most memorable uh, things was uh, the the great Mighty Pooh. I don't know if you remember that guy and his amazing song. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, but maybe I'll, Could you? I'll have. Uh, no. Nope. You tried. You know any nope. of the lyrics? Oh, no, if you no, if you no. played it, you know all the lyrics. That's you know left. all do you of know them? them. Oh, I do. Can yeah. you speak a couple? Yeah. Of, I don't. And I want to hear some of them. Uh, I yeah. am the great Mighty Pooh. Yeah. I'm going to throw my shit at you. Great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? There's a quick my little huge verse. supply of tish comes yeah. from some my chocolate, my chocolate starfish. starfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you That's scat, hilarious. you little twat? Yep. <laughs> So there's that. You never, you never, you yeah. never played it. I've, I've, I've never really played Conquer. It's expensive, uh, so I haven't rebought it or I haven't yeah. bought it. It's good. You might be able to play it like on the rare uh, replay thing. Uh, that uh, and I think there was another game where you could pick up like these little. It was like a Halloween themed like map or whatever. You pick up these little peasant dudes and drop them into a grinder, and this huge bat like just kind of eats the the stuff that comes out of the up. grinder. And eventually, he gets so fat from you feeding him that he falls into the grinder. It's pretty great. <laughs> and then blood and poo goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a story about this game left? Well, I have a bunch of stories about this Why game. Why do you share um, them with the fine folks at home? Well, it's yeah. it's very similar to, to Shelby's. Um, I uh, Originally, I, I just kind of played at a friend's place, and then I loved it so much, I went to go and buy it. And I went and buy it, and I was pretty young at the time, like under 16 kind of thing. And uh, so I, I went in, and, and then the guy was just like, you know, I'm told this game is only for, you know, 18 and up, but it's a video game, so it can't be that bad. So he <laughs> sold it to me. <laughs> and I, my mom is actually like a relatively strict mother um, when it came to this kind of stuff. So I would always play it like in secret in my game room. <laughs> like a dirty and game. so near near the last chapter of the game, you kind of just like a World War II kind of parody stage. And there's basically this general who gives you orders, and then he just goes, "Ah, uh, fuck that shit." So he, <laughs> he says that like five times. And yeah. I was playing this part in the living room, and my mom heard it over and over. <laughs> again no. and then she's like what are you playing and then i was like oh no so like i kind of like panicked and i like, turned the game off and then 16. my dad was also there and oh no i was like 14 all right so my dad thought it was hilarious that is hilarious so my my dad ended up con- talking my mom down like <laughs> continue to play she's gonna throw you the house probably. in front of my parents he's like you can do heroin you can kill a person but if you play conquer's <laughs> bath for a day you're out of the house i have um, no son the one thing I just want to add, um, other than what Shelby said, is that this game actually has a really, really good multiplayer. Oh, yeah. um, oh the, yes. The biggest yes. reason that I really wanted to include it on my list is because this multiplayer is so good. Um, it's like a third-person shooter kind of game, and it is it is so much fun to play. They have, like, Capture the Flag, Deathmatch, and then there's, it's like, the... a heist and stuff like that. Teddy bears um, and raptors, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, te- yeah, teddy bears are Nazis in Conquerors Bad yeah. Fur Days. So you just like. Uh, so I see why Shelby likes play- it. 
<laughs> but it, it just it has an outstanding multiplayer, which is really something that I find is underlooked yeah. um, for this particular game. A great multiplayer. They did do a reboot of this game, I think, for the Xbox. Yeah. And it, the, they ruined the multiplayer completely, um, yeah. which really, really uh, soiled the game, in my opinion. So you would... the, the main story is, is good still, but the, the multiplayer is completely ruined. So you, so you would play Conquerors and you would be online and people would be swearing and stuff in your headset, right? That's what you mean by multiplayer? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you yeah, had 64 anything, had uh, online multiplayer. Wait, uh, right? it's only, only online multiplayer, I thought, in games. Yeah. You can't have local, it's not, it's frowned upon. <laughs> now that's what I call a bowel movement. Number 59! Fallout 4. So 53 on my list and 57 on Shelbo. I liked the game. I put about 98 hours into it, which is long for me. I usually don't like to spend forever on games because I want to play every game in the world. But I liked it a lot. So I like post-apocalyptic. It wasn't as depressing as 3, which I only played a little bit of. Your dog can't die. Already a big <laughs> bonus. I was like willing to not yep. get the dog if I knew it could die like in the third one. Uh, because I can't. I just, I can't. You can kill a bunch of... A town full of innocent kids and, and, and people and hard workers, but if there's an animal in there, you know, what am I supposed to do? Just let the dog die? Come on. Anyway, so the settlement building stuff, the thing I thought I would hate. So I don't like building things in a game that doesn't have any multiplayer, because then I think, what's the point? I'm just building it for what, the NPCs to enjoy? This is stupid. But I did <laughs> do it. I did have yeah, the raiders to enjoy my town. However, I didn't. I did build like four or five big settlements and wound up spending a lot of time uh, in it. I think I did more of that than most anything else although i think exploration was the was the best part of this game for me because the game was quite varied and, mm -hmm. and rich and beautiful and there was so much to see and it was, that part about the game was amazing another note about the game for me is uh my my girlfriend megan she played way more than i did like three or four hundred hours building settlements and i think she's she didn't beat the game though i beat the game but she has done pretty much everything else to do exploring all the areas and building just gigantic settlements all over the place i don't know i don't know why but that's what she was she loved it she was great she played it more than i did for sure like i like this game a lot not just for like playing it but also because you can download uh the pit boy app when my brother got this so he would play and then i would go on the pit boy app and while he was fighting people you could actually like <laughs> take their guns away so he'd just be like fighting this huge group of raiders or like a bunch of super mutants or something and then i just fucking take his gun away <laughs> and he'd just have like his hands or whatever to fight with it be like what are you doing uh and then like i would also uh he would just like if he was dying or whatever he'd say oh just hit me with a stim pack or like give me some jet or something if we didn't have any stim packs <laughs> left so if we had usually or if he had a bunch of jet in his inventory i would just like get him addicted to it <laughs> You're the worst. You're acting like a little sister, but you're like four years older than him. No, no, no. See, see, I felt like Shelby was being treated like the Fallout bitch. Who just like, oh, feed me. And then she just took advantage of it. I think yeah. that's exactly what you that's should like do. That's like if she was oh. captured in a, in a film, she's the one that frees herself by choking out the bad guy and getting out herself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I, I also see it from, from that angle that in a way it's kind of like playing it co-op, but not really. No, that's, that's hilarious. I like that. That's, yeah. so I'm surprised he let you though. After like, after one attempt of that, I would have taken well, it from you and said, don't do that. I wouldn't do it all the time. I think that was really like the only two times that it happened. But my brother is also notorious for like, as I remember playing Resident Evil 6 where in this part where like he, there was this train, you'd have to dodge it. And just to piss me off, he'd jump in front of the train and that happened like six <laughs> or seven times. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so we gave up on Resident Evil 6 after that. But anyway, yeah, that's... <laughs>
I don't know if I've ever told you guys that back in the Super Nintendo days, I was really skeptical of the idea of 3D games. So when the Nintendo 64 came out and PlayStation 2, I used to think that those games looked terrible and that they were unplayable. <laughs> I didn't get the Nintendo 64 right away. I resisted and I resisted and I resisted. This game, it's the one that I think convinced me that 3D was actually something really positive for gaming. <laughs> and this game is number 58. It's Star Fox 64. in my list number 96 in Lev's list I'm so so glad that this game is in the list because I was obsessed with this game I, I, because of how it is played you just play it one time you get some results and then you play it again to re-explore patterns and see if you can get from here to there and how do you get a better score and the gameplay is fantastic it's, it's very arcadey but it's also Something that, that up to that point I've never played before. I didn't play Star Fox uh, for the Super Nintendo. The crosshair moves the character and, and you have to memorize the courses and you have to memorize which patterns you're, you're using and how to get uh, the highest score. Most stages have more than one way to beat it. I used to love all, all those things. Yeah, um, also uh, really enjoyed Star Fox 64. Um, and, and exactly kind of what Seiji said is, is my favorite part of this game is when I was a kid is was looking because you knew that there was br different branches you could you know beat a level in a different way and then you'd bring you to like kind of a an offshoot of the second level and then the third level and it would branch off into a lot of different directions and it was a really cool concept um, that you didn't see a whole lot in video games at the time um, this was one of the first games that I really felt like I hundred percented when I was when I was a kid because I was so obsessed with trying to find all the different branching pathways and stuff like that um so i really really did enjoy that game and then finding out like the, there was a tank that was kind of hidden that you could use and you unlocking that was really cool so i really liked that game i played the 3ds version this year i played through the main story once but it was cool star fox woo <laughs> number 57 final fantasy 9 I love Final Fantasy IX. 34 on my list, 76 in old left's list. It was a return to form after FF7 and 8, which were also amazing games. Uh, but 9 was had that old school feel. It was a, I don't know, a large emotional game, had a romance subplot. It spanned four discs, had a ton of secrets, was a little bit harder than the previous games, and uh, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of likable characters. Uh, I don't know if I said it already, but amazing music. I mean, every Final Fantasy has amazing music. I bought it in high school, and I'm pretty sure I played through it to the third disc and lost my save file. Yeah, oh, I know, no. but it's okay. That's it is tragic. tragic. It's happened that to me so a few tragic. times in my life. That's happened so yeah. many times with me But I did too. go back eventually, and I did play through and beat it. Uh, there's a lot of cool things with this game. Like, there's one boss. The game's like a 30 to 40 hour game on average, and there's one boss called Ozma, and I think the only way to to get to him is like you have to play through it in 12 hours or it might be a weapon or something there's this weird thing i think i think that was the gold was that the gold chocobo boss i think in my, uh, the ozma yeah that was the big play planet glowing, thing the big colorful yeah yeah orb, exactly right? you had to do some ridiculous yeah. shit just to get to i never i've never fought him actually i've uh unlike eight which i did master i did not do it quite as well in nine the game just had some really cool areas i think there's a summoner's village there is the uh 
the uh, the return of the dwarves where they were saying like rally ho or something something like that. <laughs> um, there was uh, just uh, there's I don't know just something about that game had such great locations. I can't think of a Final Fantasy off the top of my head that had a, such a unique uh, multitude of of different areas you can go to from like haunted forests that become eventually a stone forest to underground trams to uh, uh, this giant tree that you that a bunch of people live in and an upside down castle the whole the game is just amazing i agree with you completely it is such a good game the the setting and the the scenes that they have are just so diverse yep. it's really really good and to me other than Final Fantasy VI, this is probably my favorite cast of characters in the really Final good. Fantasy game. Yeah. Love all the characters. They do such a good job with all of them. Vivi may be like <laughs> my top Final Fantasy character. I love Zidane. Yeah, like they're, they're all absolutely outstanding The game is so funny. Uh, like it's a hilarious game. Yeah. And what a strong intro, and, right? And big time. I love yeah. that intro. I love that intro. The only thing is that like you said people thought it was harder. I thought I people it said it was harder than the 7 and 8, um, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. There, there was a really easy I found trick it harder. Steiner. Steiner was like so overpowered if you equipped him right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, the, the game is good. Uh, so, so good. All right. Up next, 56... Shovel Knight. Number 55 of mine, or 99, safeties, and 88 in left. Shovel Knight, a game I only played last year, and then I replayed the DLC this year for Carter's Club. I think it's a great game. The perfect nostalgic feeling of a Mega Man 2 era game with the modern sensibilities that make games more fun and playable. The great music. Awesome bosses, enemy. All the stages are fun, and it it just has that amazing retro feel. If you're, I don't know, those games have a, a lot of charm, and just to or play that game, it was like playing those old games again, but without the frustrations that a lot of those games had due to the limitations back then. I actually also just played it for the first time, like uh, two months ago. L- like you said, it's it's basically just a modern day version of what Castlevania is, in my opinion. It plays exactly like Castlevania does, even to activate like your magic powers. Exactly really? the same as using. I items did not know that. Oh yeah, the no, exact same. Because I have not played yeah. much Castlevania. No, that's fair. I-, I really liked it. It was like like you said, it just kind of a retro game with modern sensibilities. So it just it just works so we, so well. Um, I really really. We kind of hope to do a, a game talk video episode on that. That's why Left has my game so he could record the footage. So. Yeah. That yeah. might happen. We'll, we'll get around to that It, it would take soon. us, like, no effort at all. Yeah, we, we have... We, you would. We have all the footage of we'll the entire soon. We'll game. We'll do that soon. So Don't worry, do people. That. It's coming. <laughs> it deserves to be in the list on its own just because it has a manual with the physical copy. Uh, next up, number 55 is Bloodborne. Oh, do you mean number one? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is this okay. is Edge's list? Um, so, uh, Bloodborne is number 55. I am the only person who included this game on their list, and for statistics purposes, <laughs> this is the last game that only has a single vote is from it? one person. Every other game oh. from here on out is going to be at least oh, two, three people. That. So, in th- obviously, this is my number one game on my list, as that's the only reason why it is so high. And I also dedicated 30 of my bonus girl points to it to propel it to such a height. It used to be a lot higher on what the happened? list. <laughs> P- points, uh, yeah. points happened, basically. 
Um, so that kind of it was it was like in the 30s and now it's 55. But I'm I'm just glad that it's you know somewhere on at least the second half of the list no, made good. me feel good. So like I said, this, this is my number one game, and, and there's a couple of reasons for it. And I kind of mentioned about how much I love Dark Souls, and this is basically an, another Dark Souls game, um, but it's just it's designed so much better because the the problem with a Dark Souls game is is the challenge, and sometimes it can be really frustrating, and, and it makes the game not very accessible to the masses. Bloodborne did a really really fantastic job of taking the Dark Souls game design and then making it. It's still difficult, but more accessible. So I have it at my house, but I've never played it, obviously. Megan bought it for my PS4. I think that's Megan's number one game, probably. Um, And so my experience with Bloodborne, besides seeing her get angry at losing a lot, which was kind of funny, she would leave it idling, and I would hear that fucking coughing. Here's in the back of it. (coughs) And I'm like, oh my god, you've got to mute that. I can't stand the sound of death constantly. It's so depressing. But, I mean, when you're playing the game, it's a really great atmosphere. But, man, just hearing it is really obnoxious. I, I feel that, like, in, in modern gaming, you know, in order to be a very successful game, you need to make sure your game is, is not just a niche game only for, like, the hardcore RPG right. players who like to kind of min-max their stuff. And that's why I, I think Bloodborne's better than Dark Souls, just because it's it's it has much bigger mass appeal. And I think that's really important for video games nowadays. But it did such a good job just keeping what make Dark Souls great and making it mass appeal. So I, I just, I think this game is just brilliantly designed and... Uh, that's why it's my number one. Up next. Number 54 is Splatoon. This is number 9 in my list, number 95. Damn. Nintendo was really courageous in my mind to put this game out. The way it was, they tried a bunch of new things. It got a lot of uh, criticism, but I think the experiment ultimately was very successful. I think they were able to make a game that is really modern, that has really great characters, uh, really great aesthetics, really great music. The, the mechanics of this game are fantastic. That twist of making a third-person shooter, multiplayer, four versus four, and just the fact that it's, that it's such a fresh new take on on a game and that it was completely backed up by Nintendo. I just love everything about this game. Uh, I really, I think this game is just so creative in, in what it was doing. Um, you know, it was kind of taking a genre that, you know, in shooters that I really think have grown really stale and it really kind of changed it up and um, it's a really, really great multiplayer experience. Um, I've been actually picking it up and playing it more recently uh, than I did whenever it was released and I was bugging Seiji about getting his Wii U to where he is so we can play it together sometime. Um, but uh, really, really good game. I uh, really, really enjoy it. And there's just so much to do in the game with, you know, customizations and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Really enjoyed uh, Splatoon. And- uh, I, I also played the game. Didn't make my list, but uh, I liked it. It was fun. It was. I think it was good of Nintendo to try something different. It was good of them. Like I, I think that there is, every year, there's new franchises that pop up. But the big established companies like Nintendo rarely have the newer, newer stuff. So I think it was really cool of them to try something new and it worked out people love splatoon it's really very popular over in japan and and quite popular here too all right so number 53 is animal crossing new leaf that's uh number 19 on my list and 79 in seiji's list 
This game, it's the game that I played the most on my 3DS other than uh, Tales of the Abyss. This one, I think, even though it's a, a newer game, the nostalgia, I guess, because I played it a lot in college with like Jordan and and my other roommates. We have memories of like staying up because you know how you could like do the time traveling trick or whatever. Uh, <laughs> bad, don't do that. Setting alarms and waking up for like 4 a.m. to like go to the island to catch like all the awesome bugs that were hanging out there, go so you could sell bugs. them and get like all the all the all the money. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just in general, like I really liked customizing my house. Um, I would always try to collect like every single piece of furniture. Like going to Tom Nook's, like the, the fuck was the name of the store or whatever, the general store we could just going there, uh, checking every day for like the new furniture and stuff. And I don't know, it was just really fun. I really liked it, and multiplayer was a blast too. So this is this is funny because a lot of you guys talk about these these games that you put a lot of hours into. The ones that I have not played, Megan put like 300 hours into this one too. I swear she plays like four games a year, <laughs> plays them for like, I don't know, like 400 hours each. It's insane. She does. She gets she her money's indeed. worth. <laughs> yeah. Number 52. The Elite Agents are at your service. Elite Beat Agents. Number 40 in my list, and somehow only number 56 in uh, safety. You don't love it as much as me. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I, I well, love it. It is yeah, pretty 56 high. Is pretty it's, high. it's a really fun rhythm. I like rhythm games a lot. I'm not great at them. but And I actually had a lot of frustration with Elite Beat Agents, and I also played Oenden 2, which I think are the same game, and except different music and different stories. <laughs> Man, what can these... Alright, let's just quickly sum up these games. They're hilarious. Uh, I mean, I, I laughed really hard playing these games. Uh, the Elite Beat Agents uses a bunch of North American music that was popular around 2005 or so, or whenever this came out. Uh, you play as... I get, well, you're just uh, tapping as the icons appear on the screen and stuff, but uh, you have these dancing dudes and in suits in the background, the Elite Beat Agents, and I don't know, the game's just weird. It's a weird, it's another, like, I love weird games. K Katamari, Guitar Man, Elite Beat Agents, they're all under the same umbrella of just weird games that don't make a lot of sense, but don't need to make sense because they're really fun. And if you haven't played it yet, don't don't be like me and wait, you know, eight years till after it's out. It's so good. You should absolutely play it. I love it. It's it's hilarious. When I played it, it <laughs> didn't make any sense, right? The, the story, so I didn't put a lot of attention to it. It's just the mechanics that I enjoyed a lot, and I played a lot of it. Yeah. It's a rhythm game, so you, you don't really need to understand what's going on. But the, the Oendan series makes a lot more sense, because in, in Japan, cheerleading is something that is considered really manly. <laughs> it's cool. Right? It's something that... Yeah, that cheerleading is do. so manly. <laughs> that's how it's considered. So in, in, in the story of Oendan, you have this this cheerings that, that have like of superhero powers or, or some something like that. It's basically a bunch of stories about people struggling with something and this it depends on how how, how well you cheer, uh, that the characters will get to to resolve yeah. their, their their problems. So that makes when sense. I play the o the, the, the Oendan series, uh, the Japanese series, and then I play Elite Beat Agents, I I appreciate it and, and I realize how how difficult it was oh, for, yeah, man. for the Western developer or for, for whoever did the that adaptation because it wouldn't make sense to bring just Yeah, it would have been really weird, even well, weirder. Yeah, for a bunch of different reasons. The stories are very Japanese. The music yep. is, is J-pop. And then you have these guys like in, in these <laughs> weird uniforms doing like cheering. It, does, it doesn't translate so well. And, and they did a completely new game and you have these this agents uh, and they, they do the same thing, which is cheering. But I, I don't think it, it, it's called like that in the game. 
So it's a really weird concept. Really, what what makes this game shine uh, apart from <laughs> from this wacky theme is really the, yeah, the game mechanics are are solid, and you you just you just can have uh, such a good time. And and it's really accessible. It's really easy in the beginning, and then it's re- it gets super hardcore. Number fifty one. Two. I would assume this would include like all of the Street Fighter <laughs> yeah, 2. Yeah, I mean, it's like just fucking easier 50. that way. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 Ultra Max Mega 64. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, so just Street Fighter 2 in general. Um, so it is number 42 on my list and number 52 on Seiji's list. Um, the, the thing with this game for me is that, you know, I felt like when I was a kid, there was people who liked Mortal Kombat and people who liked Street Fighter. It was almost like <laughs> the Sega Nintendo fight, but just on the a fighting game scale. Um, and I was firmly planted in the Street Fighter camp. Um, I used to love playing this game at arcades. It was like the thing to do at an arcade for me was just to go and play Street Fighter 2 for uh, an hour or two. Um, I absolutely loved it. And then whenever I eventually got it playing on my Super Nintendo, uh, the, it was... I, I was expecting a horrible, like, oh, you know, this is going to be just a dumbed-down version, but even even the console version of Street Fighter 2 was a lot of fun, um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed playing this game. Um, it was just such a good arcade experience in general, though, um, but it was cool to have it translate so well I rented this Super a few times as a kid. Pretty sure I was in the Street Fighter camp at first, and then Mortal, Kamp- Mortal Kombat came out, and I switched over to Mortal Kombat. Quite firmly. I still like Street Fighter, but I'm sure if I was as a kid pressed, I would have been like, Mortal Kombat's adult and cool. There's blood and the characters look like real people. That's what I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. But e- even at the time, uh, I prefer just kind of, well, like Street Fighter 2 kind of yeah. has this anime look to it. Um, so I kind of like that a lot more. The Street Fighter 2 is yeah. a super historic game, very important. Uh, it, it, to me, it marks the return of the arcades after a while where. where their consoles working. I remember everyone was into yeah. it. Every single kid that I knew was into Street Fighter 2. I don't know. It was. It was very. It's a very you, you had to be there back in the day. Well, next up, number fifty. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion is number twenty in my list. And surprisingly, a little bit, a number 71 in the show list. I want to hear all about it. Um, Shelby well, loves survival horror games, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this was not the launch game, the Mario launch game that people wanted or asked for at all. Like, this, this is not what people were looking for when they announced it. Just like Wind Waker wasn't what people wanted when they showed Zelda for the first time for the GameCube. But it wound up being good games. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, Luigi's Mansion, the first one, is brilliant. It's a brilliant game, but at the time, yeah, it was kind of confusing for people. But now I enjoy it so very much. It's it's a really good game. So, <laughs> I like this game, and it's and it's on my list for like I guess like really different reasons than, other than like really liking it. I am. It's like probably the last game oh. I played before I moved when I was a kid. I don't know if you guys remember it. But before they had N64 set up at like McDonald's, and then later on they got the GameCubes set up. And Luigi's Mansion was one of the games that they had set up there that you could play like while the parents were like ordering food and shit, and all the kids like were actually distracted, not <laughs> screaming their faces off. So I played it there first, and then I got it at home. And then I just remember like being super happy whenever we did get to go back to McDonald's and play it because then 
my sister and I could just play it really, really fast and get through it really, really fast uh, and be able to play it like a lot, I guess, because we could, I think it only played up to a certain part and then it kind of reset again. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, we got to play a lot and that's, I the guess, The McDonald's why and Luigi's Mansion really both have a special place in your heart. All right, uh, number 49 is Heroes of the Storm. Uh, so that is number 29 on my list yeah. and number 60 on Rob's list. Uh, so this was like the only big MOBA on the list, right? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely f- kind of fell in love with this game and I played it almost every day for like the past year. And it's only been somewhat recently that I've kind of stopped playing it. Um, but it's a great free game, especially. Um, I absolutely love playing it. I loved playing it originally when I when I was playing with Rob and shout out to Amanda and Lauren <laughs> and Greg for playing it as well. And I had such a good time playing it with them. Uh, everyone has moved over to Overwatch except for me, who's still kind of sticking around. Someday. I hope people come back to Heroes. Um, but I. I Someday. Um, I absolutely love this game. Uh, I played it so, so much. Um, There's a lot of new content that I actually want to get at. Um, They just announced two new heroes um, at BlizzCon, and I think I'm going to uh, Varian Ruin, who's like the human king in Ragnaros. Um, so they're, they're being added, and it's just so anyone who's not familiar with this game is it just awesome. a MOBA with Blizzard characters from StarCraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and, and Vikings, Lost Vikings. Um, so it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, in the Lost Vikings, yeah, in the Lost Vikings, yeah, let's, let's not forget them. Um, Heroes of the Storm is basically just a very accessible MOBA for people. Um, the learning curve is not too terribly steep. Um, it's one of those games that it's, it's easy to get in and play, but difficult to master kind of thing. Um, so I, I just find that it, they just, it's just a typical Blizzard game where they kind of hit everything right. So. All this reflects, you know, everything you just said all applies. My favorite parts were when Greg, our friend Greg, would run ahead. And then get angry that he died saying that no one was there, but he had ran ahead. And we're like, we're not with you. And he's like, oh, I'm dead. Where were you guys? And like, Greg, you ran ahead again. And that would happen quite a bit. It was awesome. So number 48 is the great Final Fantasy VI. Um, so this is number seven overall on my list, and number eighty-one on what? Rob's list, which just—it's on my sense. list, um, dude. You put it. I was 80- only going to put a small handful still, of Final 81? Fantasy games, and I—I I for- added that for you. I mean, I like the game, but I was like, it deserves to be on the list, and it'll make it easier for you. So I put it on the list. I, I like it, but I mean, it's not my favorite Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It is my favorite Final Fantasy. Um, if I have not made that clear before, it, I, I am now. Um, love this game. It does have probably the best cast of characters. Um, there's a huge list of characters, and they're all so great, with a few exceptions of kind of voiceless characters um i've played through this game um on a minimal runs i've done max runs i've i've beaten this game in as many ways i can possibly conceive um love it uh, i've never i've only played the original super nintendo version i've never played any of the remakes 
Um, so I guess I'm a purist for this game. <laughs> but I absolutely love it. The story is just amazing. The music is amazing. The sprite graphics are just extremely <laughs> charming, to quote my friend Rob. And uh, absolutely just love this game. Uh, it's definitely the best Final Fantasy, in my opinion. And uh, I'm great Final play Fantasy, one of the day. first games so I good. ever used a uh, in-game exploit with the the raft. I had a I played it for the actually my first version of this was probably the PlayStation yeah. one uh, because I I had gotten into gaming really got into it when I was in grade nine and at that point I had a PlayStation and a job and all my money went to PlayStation games so I got the Final Fantasy five six uh, version and I remember taping up my uh, PS con Turbo controller and the joystick and I just had it rotating that river so I could keep uh, power leveling early on in the game. I did beat this game, uh, surprisingly, and um, the, I really like the game a lot. It has a lot of really great characters. I liked uh, Locke the most, who is my favorite. I uh, didn't like Sabin when I was a kid, but I think he's better now. And uh, lots of really cool areas to explore. Really great Super Nintendo game. Really good Final Fantasy. Uh, I think I prefer the 3D ones a bit more, but eh, it's still good. This episode is brought to you by Cobb's Corner, the number one gaming podcast in America. Cobb talks about the latest on Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox Live, Xbox Magazine, and more. He also has a segment, Cobb's Cooking, where he talks about the food he makes when gaming. This week, he uh, covers Cod Cod, which is a Call of Duty-style codfish. Also this week, he interviews Phil Spencer via reading his tweets out loud. That and more. Oh, and uh, at the end of every ad, I'm supposed to say, ditch the bozo barrel and come into the corner. Uh, thanks, Cobb. Thanks for keeping the show going. Number 47, Undertale. Six in Rob's list and number 38 in my list. It shares a lot of characteristics that Cave Story also has, which is a game that was mostly done, as far as I'm concerned, by Toby Fox, which is the one guy. A game with a lot of charm, with a lot of soul, which is, which is what I like the most about this game. But also, it's a game that is really ambitious mechanically. It's a game that is really, really different. Um, although it's an RPG, um, I really like the twist in mechanically what it does and it's really related to the story and how the story branches depending on what you do in terms of, of, of the mechanics of the game. It, when I played it last year, uh, I was quite surprised with it and I love it and ever since I've been listening to the, to the soundtrack quite a lot because the, the music is great, it, it, to me it's, it's uh, a really important game, uh, a really big game, although it's a really small game. so. There you go. It was a, a very big surprise. I figured I would dislike it based on the uh, community's reaction to it during that whole GameFAQs kerfuffle, if you want to call it that, last year. But the game is, is great. It's very Earthbound-like in, in terms of aesthetics and, and overall representation. Music is superb, and I really, really, really found it quite the emotional game in a good way. Uh, at least if, if you got the good ending, which I did.
Number 46, The Walking Dead. So 16 on mine, 67 on lefts. I played uh, the PC version and the PS4 version, and it's on pretty much every everything, except probably the Wii U or the 3DS, but on everything else. So it's a, um, I guess you call it an adventure game. Just basically make, it's a series of decisions and cutscenes, so it's basically the game. I mean, there is some walking around and some puzzle solving, but very little of that. Most of the time it's just making tough choices and, and reacting, and, and the game has a, a bunch of different endings. Uh, one of, some of the strongest characters I've seen in a while, uh, Lee, who's the main character of Walking Dead, is so likable and relatable, and just the story is, is so solid, and you get just caught up with it. And if you like Walking Dead or post-apocalyptic or zombies, and you're these are the, a game that you're you're likely to enjoy. I really enjoy playing the game. I was kind of at first I was really worried about whether or not I was going to like it because it's like you said it's really like a visual novel style kind of game. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of curious what it was going to be like getting into it, but I ended up absolutely loving the game. And, and like you said, Lee as as kind of the main character was really really awesome to just kind of watch his story. This was like game recent memory maybe ever that at the end like. I was almost in tears. It has a crazy ending, and it was just very emotional. It was it was just a really, really well put together game. Next is number 45, and that is Final Fantasy Tactics. It is number 11 overall on my own list, and number 72 on Rob's list. I definitely think that, you know, especially when you're looking at, like, the Final Fantasy series of games, the this is definitely the best one that's not within the kind of the normal, you know, one through... 15 and coming soon. So I really like just the tactic style in, in this game and the, the PS1 era had a lot of really, really solid tactics games, um, but this one really stood out to me as the best one on that console that ever was, that kind of emerged. Give me just the best one in general, to be honest. Um, I absolutely loved it was cool because it did have main story characters like a traditional Final Fantasy game, but you could also recruit people. And, you know, as, as a kid, I loved recruiting people and naming them my friends and then, you know, try to make them survive because you, your characters would, would eventually, well, they could die. And it was always, and sometimes my own character would die and then I would have to restart because I can't die. I really enjoyed making my own team of friends and I almost rarely used the story characters the first time playing. A couple of stories of this one. I had a friend, one of my, my best friend when I was in high school, when he would stay over, he always had problems uh, sleeping as much. And so I know he, I would always wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be playing tactics, leveling. He would just take a monk and then level up characters in the first, like he doesn't even leave the first three levels. He just stays there and makes crazy teams. And I don't think he ever took them any further than that. But, I, <laughs> but it, he would do that all the time. I think this is the first strategy RPG I played and definitely my favorite. Getting Cloud in this game was awesome. Seeing Aerith, I mean, at that point when I was playing, I was such a FS7 fanboy that anything, even a hint of Final Fantasy VII characters in it was enough for me. It's why I was so excited <laughs> for Kingdom Hearts, why I wanted to play Airgaze, and uh, just <laughs> to have an FS7 in it, I was, I was hooked. And so even though Cloud's not a very good character in this game, I still used him. One other thing I remember about this game is that the uh, it's notoriously difficult assassins boss fight on top of a roof. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, right after you try to learn Ultima, and if you fuck that up, then you don't get Ultima either. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really hard fight, but I remember uh, winning, so that, was, that part was cool. But 
But yeah, that was uh, the game had some hard areas. Punishing. Yeah, it's not not an easy game. Although if you use Orlando, then it's pretty much easy. It has amazing music too. Worth, worth noting. I really love the soundtrack. Number 44. In Super Mario World 2, Yoji's Island. Number 25 in my list, and number 56 in lefts. And the first thing I need to, I, I, I think we need to address here is the Super Mario World 2 prefix that they put in the game. Because I don't quite agree that it's a Super Mario World 2, because it's completely different, but they still name it like that. Um, I guess just to piggyback on, on the fame of Super Mario World, but it came years later. At the time, uh, a lot of games were, were moving towards 3D. I remember being uh, very into the Donkey Kong Country series uh, at this point, so when this game came out it was really strange because it looked quite different from any anything else that was in the market. It had a hand-drawn style, those thick outlines. It's just such a memorable game. I think nobody asked for a game about Yoshi, but it worked really, really well. The mechanics are fantastic. You know, I've never really considered this Super Mario World 2. It's kind of funny that it is, because to me, I've always just referred to it as Yoshi's Island. That's that's what this game has always been to me. Not Super Mario World 2, because it, it doesn't really bring you to Super Mario World 2 in any way. And, you know, to me, what, what what's the biggest game changer with this game is the egg throwing mechanic it can just completely changes the entire game and, and how it's played um versus a traditional mario game so it's kind of weird that it is super mario world 2 because it's really just a yoshi game to me and the the biggest thing that, that i really remember from playing this game as a kid was i loved the bosses i thought the bosses were all really really well done and it was cool how it was like comic would take a normal enemy from the levels and he would then cast his magic and they would just become giant versions of them so it was always exciting to be playing through a world and then you're wondering, oh, what's, what enemy is going to get turned into the boss? Um, so I, re I really like this game. Um, it was really, really fun. And I think it was like the first introduction of like their, their eight red coins, which kind of followed through to a lot of other games. The game's graphic style was a really good decision. I really like it. It aged extremely well. Also hated the way Mario cried whenever he was lost. <laughs> it was really obnoxious. some point uh and then i forgot about it but fine the first assassin's creed obviously everybody knows so everybody's played it. it's super repetitive and stuff i think a lot of people just kind of stuck around for like where the story was going and it was popular enough to kind of like warrant a sequel but then assassin's creed 2 i think is really what made like the whole series kind of explode with popularity i remember when it came out and after i beat it 
I went and bought like I think there were a couple books that came out so I went and bought those and read them and stuff and it, it really like I like the the soundtrack a lot and I think it's probably like one of the first ones that I I, I listened to a lot but yeah it just kind of improved on, on the first one with like gameplay and and I mean the story was awesome too so I really liked it <laughs> I really enjoyed that game as well. I couldn't even finish the first one. I thought it was so boring. the The story was good, but it was <laughs> it wasn't enough to to keep me going. But uh, what I love so much about this game is just how they. I really feel like they took a, a you know an unfortunately bad like a good idea, but a bad game uh, with the first one, and then they just kind of reinvented it for the sequel. And I played all three of like there's Assassin's Creed two brotherhood and revelations. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all good and they just keep building off, uh, what the, this, the original Assassin's Creed two did so well. Um, so there, all three of them are, are a great series of games. And I try, I tried getting into Assassin's Creed three, but it never really captivated me like it did in two. The the main character in two is very very uh, likable character. Um, he was a really really cool guy to kind of see his whole story, especially because you play him from in the first game he's in his like early twenties, and then by the end of the third game he's like in his fifties. So you kind of get to see his whole life, which is a really cool way, which is big on on how the game is being presented. It's just such this crazy storytelling. So really really good game. And historical. Okay, number forty two is Contra. list and the first thing that I think whenever somebody mentions Contra is the music that music yeah. is it's just incredible it's, it's the music that, that I've been listening for years every now and then I always put the, the first level track and the then the waterfall track and then the snow level track there, there are not a lot of tracks in this game and now that I think of it the game is, is it's not very long it, to me is such a classic staple game from, from that era it immediately brings back this feeling of of nostalgia, of me being a, a kid, you know, just running and, and, and shooting, and I have uh, those levels very well uh, memorized. I can just do a mental playthrough of it right now. It's very simple, but it's really well executed. Thematically, it's, it's very memorable too. Those bosses are amazing. Those big bosses and everything is over the top. The variety in the in the weapons, something that I like that I like a lot, although. Objectively, the S weapon, the, the, the spread weapon, that's that's the best. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. kind of the problem. Is they gave you variety, but you're all you're doing is looking for the spread. Although sometimes uh, I, I would use the the laser one because of the of the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anyone remember the contra code? <laughs> well, up 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 down down left right left right B A start. This was one of the... I think this was like... This was probably one of the first games that I beat with a friend just because of the Contra code. Um, so it was just kind of funny because, you know, unfortunately you did cheat, but whenever you kind of figure that out, that was the first time in a game where I, there was a code and uh, where you would be able to actually like, oh man, like I'm cheating, but you didn't feel like you were cheating because you felt like you discovered something because there was no internet back then. Pretty sure I um, used the code too, although I've never beat it. <laughs> you haven't beaten it? No. 
It's not long or hard, but if you use the code. <laughs> I was as a kid, and then I don't even know if I owned it or if a friend owned it. I just I remember playing it and never getting too too far. Although I did like the game, might go back to it someday. Yeah, it's it's a great multiplayer experience. Um, when I was a kid, that's kind of what I craved for was these good co-op games, and I I found it in Contra. Number 41. Bayonetta. It's number uh, 21 on my list and 58 Shelby's. Head up for PS3, which is the worst version. Despite being patched, it's still it's still a buggy game, from what I've been told. So I never really beat it. When the Wii U one came out, I, re I wanted to play the second one, so obviously I played the first one that was ported to the Wii U, which apparently is either the better version or on par with the Xbox 360 version. I think the game's great. It's stylish. It's very self-aware. It has extremely cool level design and, and enemies. The music is amazing. There's a lot of references to Sega titles, like uh, Space Harrier and Afterburner. Again, it's over the top and silly and nonsensical, uh, like I like in my games. There's probably some controversy with the character. Not everybody seems to think that she's a good character, but I, I think that she's a strong character, and I, I really like her, despite the uh, the, the obvious um, fan service that exists in the game. But yeah, the gameplay's solid too. There's combos, different weapons, and I think we did an episode on Bayonetta, so of course there's a lot. You can hear a lot more about it there. But I love I love the game a lot. Very cool over the top bosses too. Uh, I find it a little, like, mashy, but I don't you know. Can like, I, you can mash your way through yeah, if you want to, um, but you can play better than that, too. It's true. It's true. But, yeah, I just liked uh, getting, like, or doing the different techniques with her uh, with her magic and stuff. Or yeah. she would, like, obviously lose all of her clothing, but then you get an awesome dragon murders <laughs> everything in exchange. So that's pretty great. Dragon murder? <laughs> Have you not played it at all, Left? No. You really should. It's a good game. You probably, so I think you'd like too. it. I love her. She is sassy. She's great. Number 40, uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, so that is, we have three votes for this one. So it is uh, 73 on Seiji's list, 65 on mine, and 70 on Shelby's list. Uh, so, you know, I really enjoyed this game uh, as, a, as a kid. I, I played it a lot. I was so into the Smash series. Um, well, I, st I still am. But uh, this one really is where it kind of took off for me. I played it a lot with my friends, and the addition of some of the additional characters was a lot of fun. Super good game. The one thing I just want to say in a negative towards it is that I don't feel like it has aged too terribly well. I've played it, like, maybe six months ago, and I was so lost. But I think I think new Smash has just kind of spoiled me. You're gonna um, trigger the the Smash Melee community. If you're not careful. <laughs> they're I know, rough. They're a rough it's, bunch. And it's very popular um, for competitive play as well. I think it's like the most popular one, I believe. I have better memories of this game uh, than I do, and I, I don't mean better memories as in like I remember it a lot more, but I mean uh, the the quality of the memory. Because <laughs> um, anytime I play Brawl with anybody now, or like the in the newer one that came out, everyone is so hardcore, or whatever, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but just like 
with this one, uh, you know, when I played it with my friends and stuff, it was, nobody was that hardcore, so everybody was still having fun, and, you know, we got to pick, like, different stages versus everybody now wants to fucking go on, like, Final Destination with no items, but, like, this one we just all went nuts and, like, always randomized and, and had uh, all the items on, so I just remember having a lot more fun with this. There's interesting thing about Smash Melee is that um, people are still finding secrets and shit, like, ten years after the thing. Like uh, being able to play as Master Hand was a big was a big one, and and the way the guy found it is ridiculous. You can look it up, but I think I like games that have a lot of depth and secrecy to them because uh, with data hacking and shit, there's a lot less of it nowadays. But I thought that was pretty cool. What this game has done for for the esports is also great. I mean, there's a whole uh, documentary series in, on YouTube that uh, it just it's crazy how how popular it is. And how people is really into it, and how they are like analyzing every frame of animation in order to to exploit competitively. It's it's really incredible. I, I personally put it on my list because um, I really like this Smashbox series, and I didn't realize until I, I was actually making the list. But I remember that going from the fifth to the sixth generation, you get this this crazy jumps in in quality, especially graphically, because the sixty four version, although I like it a lot. Um, it really hasn't aged really well graphically, but Melee was was great. I mean, you get all this fidelity um, in terms of, of graphics, and it plays really well. It's really fast. Yeah, I think it's the fastest of all this all, all the Smash Brothers, and that maybe that's why it's so popular competitively. But at the time, I mean, it was th there was nothing like it in, in my opinion. So. Uh, next up is number thirty-nine. Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time is number 27 in my list, number 44 in my list. Um, this is just a great beat-em-up. It's probably the best beat-em-up that I can think of. This is a port of, of Turtles in Time in uh, the, the arcade version, and I just couldn't believe how well they got this game in for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it just plays super well, and, and it, 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 to me, is the game that has the best interpretation of of what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle phenomena was at the time. The general spirit of of, of, of the whole thing is quite there. Uh, and everything is, again, very memorable to me. And probably this is tainted by nostalgia uh, for me. But I, can, uh, I still go back once in a while to play this game. And it's just such a joy to play. Yeah, the the game itself still holds up really well today. Um, and in like for me especially, like I was I was a kid when Ninja Turtles were just massive as well, and I was huge into the Ninja Turtles. Um, and this game did such a good job bringing them into a video game. Now Ninja Turtle games have had success before this title, um, but this I feel like this was really well. This was kind of the last of them as well um, of the the beat 'em up Turtles games, and it kind of just like pinnacled here, and then it just kind of stopped. Um, but it was a good place to end because this one was definitely the best one they they ever did, and it really just they do such a good job just capturing the turtles, you know, with their cowabungas and pizza time and stuff like that. So I absolutely love this game. Uh, so much fun to play, and I love love the first boss whenever you or just the the animation in general where you have to throw the the <laughs> Foot Clan guys and they come towards the screen. I thought that was so cool. I've never been able to beat the game, uh, sadly. 
Maybe How far are you in GN? BC, I think. No, that's not true. As a, as a kid, I got farther than that when I rented it. But as an adult, and I went back and tried it again on an emulator, <clears throat> I uh, wasn't. I couldn't get past BC. The rock guys killed me. And now I was like, well, I guess I'm done. Good game, though. Uh, next up, number 38 is Paper Mario, number 15 in my list, number 55 in Lap's list. My favorite RPG, what can I say? I just love this game so, so much. Um, I know that Super Mario RPG started this type of action-y kind of RPG, but Paper Mario just takes that whole idea and to me it just makes it both simpler and, and deeper. The story I, I just find great, it is, it's super funny, it's very memorable, again, nostalgia. And I've heard that Paper Mario for the GameCube, a dozen year door, that is the superior version of Paper Mario, but this is the one that I play, this is the one that I have, and I like how they manage the, those transitions in the game with the books or chapters or whatever, and then every time you, you finish a section of, of the game you go and uh, to a little gameplay uh, stage with Princess Peach and was a really nice vehicle of what is happening in both sides of the story and also uh, mechanically changes so the types of things that you do are different. I, I like it a lot when they use mechanics as a vehicle for, for narrative. Well, what I what I like a lot about Paper Mario is that, as you kind of mentioned, Mario RPG Legend of Seven Stars was very much so a precursor to Paper Mario, but that was very much so a Square game, and it was made in a very Square-like fashion with Nintendo characters, and then when you jump to Paper Mario, sure, they borrowed a lot of, you know, how the mechanics were in Mario RPG, but it, it was a distinct Nintendo um, so it was kind of cool to kind of see quite frankly Nintendo kind of like getting into that because obviously they don't make a whole lot of RPGs um, so th what, what really stood out to me is that this was like the, the Mario Nintendo RPG that people have been wanting rather than the square one um, so it was just kind of cool to see that sort of transition Okay, so 37 is Resident Evil 4, which is 73 on left's list, and number one on my list, it's probably my favorite game of all time. It's got five points, just wanted to make sure it made it a little higher on the list. I don't even know where to start because it's so awesome. I have it like on so many platforms, I've played it on so many platforms, and I just I go through it so like methodically now, where I'll start out and it's like, okay, well I know what I have to do in order to get like all these guns upgraded at the beginning or whatever, so I can just kind of blast through all these levels. But the thing that I like about Resident Evil 4 is that it has, like, uh, the dynamic difficulty. So if you're doing really well in a place where you would have, like, played it before and it was super easy, if you're doing really well, it'll make that area a lot harder for you to get through. Because I was noticing, like, when I got it for the Xbox One or whatever, and one of the first, I guess, like, real real bosses or whatever, I guess, is the big cheese, is with, like, the, the dude with the giant beard or whatever. Chief Mendez, that's what his name is. Anyway, so I was having a really hard time with him, and I just remember, like, all the times previously, is like, he was probably one of the easiest bosses, and I didn't know why I was having such a hard time with him. Anyway, dynamic difficulty, it just, uh, it makes it, I guess, kind of a, a newer experience to play, like, every time you do play, so it's not always the same. Super cheesy dialogue, I love the atmosphere and stuff, too. It kind of sucks that it's not on Rob's list because it would have gotten a lot higher. Yeah. The, it's just kind of funny. Um, was that is that dynamic difficulty? Was that in like the original GameCube version as well, or is that was yeah. that something new? 
Oh, yeah. wow. I yeah, no people idea. are still, still, like, there's a guy who did a video on it who saw, like, you know the, the room with Ashley? I don't want to, like, but you have to, like, lift her up and then she'll go to the cranks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you died that room, like, when you started at the beginning again, there are two dudes on the side who don't, like, who were usually there who had, like, crossbows and would shoot at you, but they're not there if you, like, die and do it again. Oh. So they'll, like, sometimes take people away and add people in depending on how you do. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. So it was, it's, it was a challenging game for the most part. I remember I got really stuck on, I think it was, like, Salazar, when he was, like, that giant monster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a tough one for me, but um, I really like this game. Um, so I just want to talk about it's number 73 on my spot, on my list. I, originally, I had it higher, and then when I saw that Shelby had it at number one, I was like, <laughs> I, I can bump this down. It's going to make it. So it, it technically <laughs> should be higher on my list, but... Uh, it was a victim to politics. <laughs> I beat this game like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, and so it was too late for me to add it to my list. But I told Shelby that for sure it would it would have made my list probably in the 50s. The game's really good, and I'm sorry that I missed out on it. But I, anyway, I'm guessing glad because I got to play a really good version of it with the PS4 version. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. I see what the hype is about. It's a really great game, and it makes you want to play more Resident Evil games. So, so I it was successful. <laughs> anyway. Number 36, Super Mario 64. So this is number 75 on Seiji's list, number 51 on my list, and 75 on Shelby's list. I, I really like Super Mario 64. This this game is what really sold the N64 for me because a friend of mine got it and then we were over there playing and then it was quite frankly like I was sold so quickly. Once I saw him do a triple jump and a wall jump, I was like, I need I need this game. Um, just how you could approach, like, with all the different jumping you can do, you can find little nooks and crannies, and this is another game today where people are still playing it, and they're trying to find stuff, because one thing that this game did a lot of is they put coins in absolutely unreachable places, and there are still people playing this game trying to find ways to get these unreachable coins. Um, so I just I find that really cool that people are still actively playing this game to, to look for these really really they're they're visible they're just really hard. no one knows how to get to them so I think that's kind of cool. In, in talking about unreachable stuff, there's a community of, of people that exploit the game and they found that there are like dimensions within dimensions and if you do certain things and if you can uh, walk through walls and do this crazy hyper jumps from one place of the map to another instantly <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really really funny uh, but uh, what, what I want to say also about this game is that it, it showed how to do a 3D camera especially in a, in a third person uh, view because really no, nobody had uh, pulled off such a, a great camera work with this game and really is the prototypical uh, 3D camera paradigm fun games cute little game admittedly did not beat it but Definitely raced that fucking penguin, like, <laughs> so many times. So many freaking times. <laughs> Alright, number 35. Tetris. 19 on my list, 46 on Seiji's. Specifically Tetris DX for me, that's the Game Boy Color version. I've got, I even got that boxed recently because I really liked the game. Uh, I don't think it plays much different than the regular one, but I couldn't 
I don't think I could find a link to the X one when I was looking for it, so I just chose the regular Tetris, but again, they're almost identical. I went, went, went away to a work uh, event. It was like a, I don't know, a few provinces over, and I remember one of the, I brought a bunch of Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games with me just for fun, and that was the one I think I played the most. But I also played as a kid, and I don't know, I find Tetris calms me down. I'm not very great at it, uh, but I still really enjoy it, and I mean, obviously it's historically significant. It really helped propel the Game Boy, I think, out, out of the gate. I mean, that, that was maybe the first time where a bunch of adults and, and casies were playing a lot of, uh, you know, kid kid games. Oh, the, the Game Boy is for Normie? children's in Normie. Would you, would you say Normie? <laughs> I would say Normie, sure. Yeah. Uh, the kids, I'm going to play this here Game Boy device for Tetris. That's what they all sounded like, I think. Uh, those people, to me, would have been 32, my age now, so... <laughs> but yeah, Tetris is great. What I mean, good game, lots of history, and I'm sure Sadie has more to say about it. Well, when I think of, of, of the Game Boy, especially the, the brick version of the Game Boy, this is absolutely the game that I think, you know, green background, and those, uh, those really simple graphics, but they're really, really clear. Nowadays they use colors most of the time, but uh, Game Boy doesn't have colors, so they use uh, these little cute textures, and that's the way I remember. Uh, I remember Tetris. The music is great. Uh, I have those uh, those tunes in my mind all the time. I can just remember that. I don't think there's there's a moment where I can. You know when when you you're trying to remember something and you can't, and you're like, oh, I have it here, but I just can't pull it out of my memory but Tetris is just like ingrained in me I spent so many hours uh, playing this game I don't have an official count uh, for uh, for Tetris but it's probably up there if not the, the number one puzzle games are my favorite games and this is just I don't know so classic it's, it's such a strange game also but it just makes sense and it's it's classic gaming okay next up Number 34. Super Punch-Out. Number 26 in my list. Number 36 in Left's list. Uh, I, I love the Punch-Out series. I think they're great. Specifically this one, Super Punch-Out, uh, compared to, to the other ones. To me, it's just the way it feels. It feels really great when you punch someone, and like it feels really, really punchy. Although it's super cartoony, it's the most cartoony thing in the world. But I don't know. It has this great feeling, and, and the mechanics are are really polished. I find, it, and it's a really simple game. Really, that's all you do is just punching game. But it has a lot of resemblance with boss fights. It's it's like all all of the characters are like like boss fights. You have to remember patterns and then you have to do the thing. And there are different ways to be the characters depending on which frame of animation. The timing is really important in this game because you can beat someone with, with just the one punch. And, and this is something that also is in the in Punch-Out 2 for the NES, which is not the first one. It's the second one. The first one is in the original arcade version. The characters are, are, are amazing and really funny, and it's really memorable for me. Yeah, this game's so cartoony, it's it's borderline racist in a lot of ways that what? it kind of brings up its characters. Oh, it's just like, it's very it's very weird. Like, all Canadians are lumberjacks that live in the woods and That's stuff true. like that. So, it's not um, a stereotype. 
this is to me like this is this is the punch out game of, of my childhood. I, I kind of never I played the uh, you know Mike Tyson's Punch Out in the future. Uh, when I was older, but this was the game that I grew up playing, and I absolutely love this game. I memorized the patterns of pretty much every single fight. Um, I know I know when to do the the big punch to kill guys right away. Um, I cannot beat the final fight for the life of me, um, but I've I've mastered every other fight except for the last one. Um, but it's just such a great game. Uh, it, it was the the punch out of, of my childhood so it, it, it's it's just so much nostalgia for me number 33 Simpsons arcade game. Number 37 on my list, 84 on Sagey's, and 68 on Left's, no BB points. I think this is the best beat-em-up game, and uh, that's proven by the fact that it's higher on the list than Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time. I, I'm shocked that this <laughs> game is as high as it is. Like, that's crazy. I think it's, yeah. it's the nostalgia of this game. I mean, I liked The Simpsons as a kid a lot. I, I guess you could say I grew up with The Simpsons. I started watching it when I was like five, and... Uh, I was always excited to go to the uh, to the arcade and see if I could play. I always liked playing as Bart because Bart was the cool one back in the day. And uh, <laughs> this game is awesome because it, it doesn't it captures the feeling of The Simpsons somehow, despite having everything wrong. I think I think Smithers <laughs> Smithers is black in the cutscenes, which is already not entirely accurate. What? And uh, so the <laughs> the game is this awesome 2D style. It was made by Konami, uh, who also did the Ninja Turtles, right? My, is that correct? Yeah. 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 So obviously they're very similar mechanically, except that they have combo moves, which is the best. Like that to me was one of the most fun parts. Was uh, you know Homer and uh, Bart? Bart would get on his shoulders and and you could swing with his skateboard and and uh, what's what's see Bart and Lisa would do their tag team I think like clothesline. And they would yeah, run around. Red, red Rover. Kind yeah, of thing. and uh, Marge and Homer would make this weird spinning ball <laughs> and they would yeah, run over. They just roll. Yeah. And they had weapons too. Well, Homer punched. Marge had a vacuum cleaner. Bart had a skateboard, and Maggie had a skipping rope. I mean, what is this game? You Lisa. would never, Lisa. Sorry, you would never have this game nowadays. Simpsons is way too much of an established, big time brand to do something this stupid with the with the series. And and I don't know, like it, the levels are it's only kind of based off the Simpsons. I, I just well, that, that's I don't know. The thing. Like, so none good. of the enemies or bosses are really Simpsons characters, except for the end. Um, like the only thing is like Mr. Burns is the bad guy and Smithers yeah. is there as well, but everybody else is just random <laughs> made up Simpsons people. looking yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> I love the first boss you fight to the end of the level, the wrestler dude, and as the you hit him, guy. his, his pants start to drop and then he has to pull them back up. Uh, I used to lose at that all the time as a kid too. I mean, the arcade games, so you're meant to lose. I, I've never beat it in the arcade. I may have beat it on emulator. I can't even remember at this point. I'm pretty sure I did because I wanted to see the end, but as a kid, I could only get to the undead zombie area usually. Uh, where, where you're going on that big elevator, if you recall. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I Actually, this is a game I, the only game I ever beat in an arcade by pumping quarters into it. You did beat it in the arcade? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was a triumph. <laughs> what about you, Sadie? Yeah, as, as you guys said, this game, if you really think about it, and if you're a fan of the show, this is more of a simpsons theme game than an actual <laughs> official thing that, that, that ties into... 
into the, the show. But again, what you said, Rob, they, they got The Simpsons really, really great at, at the very least at the time. Uh, the the art the artwork is is really something else and if you had if you've never seen this game just look it up just see a video or something it's 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 something else it's really something else really memorable really distinct uh, have you not played it Shelby um it was at the campground where my grandparents used to camp but it was always out of order so we never got to play it. oh that's too bad you know it's it's fun just to add there this arcade cabinet is in town i've seen it where we live but i don't if it's for sale it's so expensive but i wish that i wish i owned it that'd be so cool oh my goodness okay i hope nobody gets upset with how low this is on the on the list i don't think it should be on the list (laughs) i agree it should not be on the list uh okay so number 32 is Legend of Zelda Arena of Time. That's uh, number 42 on Seiji's list, and it's number 9 on uh, on my list. And it's a lot higher on, on my list than I think I wanted it originally, but then I just kind of thought of like its place in my life and why I liked it so much. Because as a kid, not to be like a sob story or whatever, like we didn't have like a lot of like money and and stuff. So when we did get this system, like this was um, like I think Ocarina of Time was our first game for it, and we played it definitely played it the most, like played it as much as we possibly could. I don't know, like after like beating it so much, and then like we're trying to find different ways of how can we make this game fun again. So I didn't have an interest in Barbies. My sister did. So what we do is at the Garuda Fortress, you know how you get caught and you get thrown into that room or whatever, uh, and then you can just kind of hook shot your way out. But what we would do is like my sister and I, I would play like I would be playing as as Link or whatever. Uh, we get caught thrown into prison, and she would come in on the on the side of like the TV with her Barbie. It just kind of like acted out like she was the one saving saving Link from the prison. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever uh so just like trying to find little ways like that just to kind of extend you know you know finding new ways to make the make the game fun so we could kind of you know get get all that we could out of it could you give an example of the dialogue that might have went <laughs> oh i don't uh i don't remember you don't have my, to act my sister, it. <laughs> my sister was the barbie i was silent protagonist so oh, you see you wouldn't i didn't talk? have to say anything oh so even in your world where the fantasy world where link is a character you still he still has no voice no, no. Oh, I like it. You're consistent. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're just taking gender roles and throwing them right out the window. Link's yeah. getting saved by Barbie. Well, that's, that's that's amazing. good. That's powerful. She would she would like help Link, but at the same time she was helping him. I'd obviously have to, you know, take the hook shot or the long shot, get myself out, and be like, oh, like he saved me, whatever. So you get annoyed. So by Barbie a... would just shout encouragements. Oh well, no, she would be the one helping us, but it was. It, I don't know how to describe it. Like <laughs> we would pretend she was the one like throwing down a rope, but it was actually me using the, the okay, shot in game. Okay. I like to you imagine know? that you play the whole game with a stupid Barbie in front of the TV screen the entire time, and you're too like annoyed, but not you're too nice to say anything to no, your sister. She... Move the Barbie. I can't see. <laughs> I was uh, like, because my sister and I, like you know, typical sibling, uh, we'd fight a lot. But I think uh, any time we were in in front of the N64 playing at Green of Time it was like we one of those times one of the few times we we got along well 
And you didn't let her play? You just, uh, you made no, her be I Barbie? You made... <laughs> I just, if, if we would exchange, like, I didn't like playing Barbie, so right. I just didn't play Barbie. I just watched, like, I don't have a problem watching people play video games either, so I would just kind of watch her play. I like makeshift yeah. player, too. I think we should start doing that left for games we don't have two players for. You can just get, like, an action figure or something and just pretend that you're playing. That's just as bad as, like, giving, like, your, your little brother a controller that's not plugged in and telling them that you're playing. Hey, you have a Barbie, you know? You're, 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 you're influencing the game with your Barbie. <laughs> Well, is that any is it any worse than Mario Galaxy's stupid fucking star thing that they had in the game, where you just you just wag a Wiimote and shoot stars at bear and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything? <laughs> well, back in the day in 1998, when I first played this game, I remember being so so excited and put the cartridge in and turn it on, and I remember I just stared at the screen in the intro, uh, not not even pressing a button. You know how. It has this great music, and, mm -hmm. and, and Link is riding a Pona through this field, and I was just like being, I remember being so mind blown with, with, with the atmosphere and how immersed I was in the game, and I was I hadn't even played the game. Uh, and you had to be there uh, back then to, to really experience uh, those kinds of feelings, because games were, were something that weren't that immersive in that kind of way before and and this is really the first time when i got really into the story into the rather the the atmosphere you know experiencing zelda ocarina of time at the time in 1998 or in the in the late 90s was really something else and i guess this is the time where games started to get really really big and start and start this trend towards being more as they say cinematic or being more immersive experiences. And Ocarina of Time was really that for me. And it was great for the longest time. It was my favorite game of all time. But it hasn't really aged well. That's why it's as slow as it is in my list. But I still respect it quite a lot because true greatness lies within this game. This game is was for the longest time almost always number one in every fan-voted top any number. Yeah. Uh, on GameFAQs, it used to almost always win number one. Uh, you know, different magazines, you'd always see it number one. So for the longest time, of course, I considered it one of the best games. Now, I never thought it was better than Final Fantasy VII or, or a lot of other RPGs. But and, and as a kid, I always used to convince myself that Zelda games were RPGs because I couldn't not play RPGs. That was the only thing I could play because that's the only thing I would play. Uh, obviously, it's a problem. Not, it's, yeah, well, I did have a problem. I got over it. Now I play everything. But uh, but back then I didn't. I just it's not on my list because I think it's a, a little bit of an overrated Zelda game, and I also think that uh, there's a lot of better Zelda games, which is why it's not on my personal list. But I'm going to be clear: the game is is still revolutionary and a huge game, and it deserves to be in a list. And me and Left poop on it a little bit, and Left poops on all the Zelda 3D games for the most part. So I'm definitely not surprised it's not in your list. But but uh, I don't know. I I make some jabs at it, like why is it even on here? But I mean, it has not aged well. I don't think, but. But it does deserve to be on here, and it is, a, it is a good game. Good thing the remake came out. Yeah, I couldn't beat it. I mean, not like literally couldn't beat it, I just got, kind of got bored. But, because I bought it for my 3DS, and there wasn't a lot of 3DS games when that came out. And I was just like, I don't really feel like playing it again. Because I had beaten it quite a few times as a kid. I played that game actually a lot, surprisingly. Because mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of games when I was that age either. I, I think I just started working at some shitty uh, fast food restaurant to buy games, and I had Zelda, and I played this one quite a bit. Up to this point in the list, which games would deserve a number one game to me personally? The, this is definitely one of those games that anyone tell me, this is the best game of all time, I wouldn't argue. Like I, I couldn't have like any arguments. Uh, another one is Super Mario Brothers to me. The, the, those two games are just are, are perfect games, but you have to... 
again you have to be in the mentality of of transporting yourself into that era and what they did to video games in the long run uh, because those are super influential games and at the time they were, they were revolutionary it's 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 hard to to say that hard to point out the flaws in in those kinds of games because in retrospective of course you can say they have an age well and then they they perfected the formula later but at the time they were there was something that had no precedent so last one for this episode number 31 is phoenix wright ace attorney Number 18 on my list and 31 on Shelby's. Uh, I've only played the first Phoenix Wright so far, so obviously I can't uh, compare it to the other ones. But At least it's a Phoenix Wright, so good good job. Yeah, oh, I fell, I fell in love with the series, and I, and I do plan to play more. It's just I have to balance all my games. But I, I bought the um, the trilogy one for the... I have, I have the physical games for the DS, and I also bought the trilogy for my 3DS. So I, whenever I'm away, I think... Or I'll start playing it when I don't when I don't have distractions. But I, I love the series. It was this year's Katamari for me in terms of uh, new franchises for me that I fell in love with. And I mean, we said a lot about Phoenix already in, in whatever whatever game Shelby, whatever one that was, the fifth one. The, what, Dual what, Destiny. There you go. Yeah, we said a lot about the character. He's, he's great. I mean, the music's perfect in this game. Uh, the cases are fun. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It, oh, it's just a few other little side notes about it. So it came out for the Game Boy Advance in in uh, Japan, and we got it later with a with a tweaked version of uh, on the DS with an, an additional chapter. I think we get the DS version like like three games after it had come out in Japan. So that's kind of an interesting thing that they ported it to the DS, and I guess in a way that's almost a ballsy move because the DS was you know a, a leap above the, the Game Boy Advance in terms of hardware and stuff, but they still brought it over to us and. And I think it paid off well for them. Another couple of funny things is the translations in these games. Like, they try to pretend they're not in Japan. <laughs> and they very clearly are. <laughs> Bad localization. Bad. I think on purpose, too. Like, they never... Like, maybe not in the first game, but since then, haven't they just kind of kept going with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. pretty I think great. <laughs> in, in Spirit of Justice, Apollo straight out calls everybody American. So it's just like, okay, so they're... Yep. Yep. <laughs> I like that they're, they're sticking with their guns. It's, it's so obviously Japanese, and yet mm-hmm. they, they just keep, you know, pretending that he's uh, they're America, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a great game. Yeah, I like uh, Phoenix. Phoenix is, is amazing. That's such a good dude. Uh, you know, people never give him the benefit of the doubt. And even when he's in the courtroom, people are just constantly, like, shitting on him uh, all the time. He's kind of and, doofus, like... and I love it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> especially when you're if you're a doofus player and you make the wrong mistake and he's like yeah. <laughs> i love the expressions on him too that game is so have you have either of you guys played it left for seiji no i played the first one this is the first one in the series right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah seiji, a little bit. seiji you sent me that link with all like the text errors in the <laughs> in all the phoenix right games because it is a super text heavy game uh but yeah and some of the errors that they made were, were quite funny but I like it. And all the characters, the their anime. names are puns. Yeah. So there's like, let's say this guy, his name is Red White, and he wears pink. <laughs> so get it? Get it? Uh, <laughs> it's just, oh god, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's anyway. very ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it uh, for this episode. We did what thirty more games. Yeah. Okay. So thirty. So next week. Uh, well, you'll have to be surprised about what number of games we do next, but 
You know, do you are you angry that Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is so low on the list, or are you angry it's so high? Perhaps you're like left and you don't like the game. Um, do you think Simpsons is better than Turtles in Time? I, I do, but um, maybe you don't. You probably don't. Resident Evil Four is pretty low on the list too. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to complain about on our list, so feel free to complain. But hopefully, you've heard of some games on here that you haven't heard of and that you'd like to try. I think all the interesting, weird stuff is probably closer toward something we've already covered. And now we're going to start seeing the more established games. But, you know, you might be you, I think you'll be surprised, actually. There's a couple of games in here that that is weirdly in our list. and probably would not be in anyone else's. So so that's something to look forward to. And uh, if, if you guys have any, if there are any more opinions on it, if you just, just tweet at us. We like we like tweets and stuff, so that's cool. So, cartridgeclub.org. Uh, this month we're playing Parappa the Rappa. And, um, yeah, bonuspro.com, Twitter, and all that jazz. You can... You can talk to us. So, thank you for listening. This is Rob and Shelby. Left and Sagey. Peace. Peace.